Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching, and today we're gonna talk all about how to help your highly sensitive child avoid the meltdown cycle when surprise gifts are involved, all right? So if you feel like your highly sensitive kiddo is uh, just, you know, surprises are their their kryptonite, make sure that you're listening in. We're going to cover this related to your child who's stuck in that meltdown cycle here at MTC. We help parents of highly sensitive kids eliminate that meltdown cycle in as little as eight weeks. That's, that might sound quick for you, uh, but it is something we've helped hundreds of families do. And that meltdown cycle is daily. Uh, multiple times a day or multiple times a week, that means you're stuck in a cycle. So you need to be listening in. That might mean that your child is melting down internally or externally. So externally means they're throwing things, hitting, kicking, screaming, um, and just chucking whatever is is in uh, in their way, threatening, throwing their voice, yelling, right? Uh, intense verbal aggression relevant here as well. Or internally, shutting down isolating, running away, uh, and just saying things like, I'm a bad kid, you hate me, I, you know, I hate you, life would be better off without me, any of that. And, and that meltdown cycle can be relevant for your four-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old, 11, right? And, and when we get into the teenage years, it's more focused on children who are, are teens who are shutting down, refusing to do their work, demonstrating lack of motivation in their, in their dreams and goals. And all of this stems from similar roots. So it's important for you to understand if you're parenting a sensitive kid, all of these challenges uh, are, are relevant here when you're also noticing that your sensitive kid struggles with surprises. So I'm going to speak about this in the context of surprise gifts uh, that are big, right? So, so say, for example, um, you decide with your family that it's time to grow your family with a pet, all right? Um, and, and so for the sake of this example, we're actually going to use my family's example. We got a new puppy in November, so we'll go with that new puppy example um, because it's obviously fresh in my mind of, of how a puppy behaves. And we have a seven-year-old, six-year-old rescue as well. I got to do the math on that one. <laughs> I don't know how old he is. I think he's seven now seven now yeah um so it's been a while since i've had a puppy and we have a, a five-year-old daughter so um when i think about the the experience of bringing a new puppy into um into our household it's obvious right that a puppy is jumpy uh, bouncy uh friendly um and barks a lot right um and and our dog is uh just for for breed's sake we found out he's a rescue both of our dogs are rescues but um he's a box of door so that's like his primary uh, breeds. So <laughs> you might uh, not have had this experience with your dog, but our dog is um, is a bounding tigger. 
um, not a kangaroo. Our other dog is more of a kangaroo. We like to joke, but, um, uh, but this guy is, is, is such a floppy little dude. He's super cute. Um, and so at this point, when we think about the experience of a puppy, right, and a highly sensitive child, that can feel like just, um, the, you know, oil and water in an experience, even if your highly sensitive child is excited about having that puppy in the first place, right? Um, just thinking about the experience of wanting a puppy and, and having a puppy, um, you know, children can ask for dogs, uh, you know, at cats, we can go with that example. I'm, I'm just not a cat owner. Um, you, your child can be asking for a pet for, for years and years. And then finally, when you, um, when you share with them that the family's getting one and, and guess what, it's actually coming home today or, or here we have it, it's in the car. Um, all of those fun little YouTube videos or, or Instagram reels that you find where your kid just jumps up and down and, and shakes in, in excitement and is just super, super pumped. Um, goes, you know, falls flat when your kiddo sees a bounding puppy coming, screaming, you know, coming, jumping at them and they start screaming, right? And that experience can feel quite stressful for the whole family, especially when you as a parent saw your child as, as a compassionate animal lover. Um, and, and highly sensitive kids, we know for sure, they have huge imaginations. They're super compassionate. And it's also true that surprises, if they don't know how to regulate their emotions, they don't have to manage and settle that, uh, can really feel like you just shook the snow in their snow globe and there's just no way that that snow is settling down anytime soon. So we see highly sensitive uh, kids carry the intensity of an emotion for hours, hours on end. And, and that might mean that the meltdown is a half an hour, 30, 60 minutes, 90 minutes. Um, but the, the intensity and the prickly experience of, of your child's emotions carry beyond that. And, and that's, uh, that obviously is extra stressful when you have a puppy in the house that is um, nipping or um, you know, crying in the middle of the night and you're not sleep, you sleep and you're sleep deprived or um, jumping on things that they, and putting your, your child's toys in their mouth and all that. And so if your child doesn't have the skill set um, to to manage their own emotions, you might start wondering whether or not this puppy is is a good choice, right? So so you might ask around, what do we do? Man, you know, our, our kiddo was so thrilled about this puppy and, and I'm actually experiencing regret right now. I, I'm wondering if this was a bad idea. Is my child old enough? And this could be relevant for highly sensitive kids who are, you know, we've worked with parents in, in this circumstance, um, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight, but also 11, 12, right? When we think about um, just a puppy who, who um, is coming at you, that's a surprise no matter the age. And um, when, when your startle response is high, quick, and, and lasts a long time, doesn't matter how old you are. Um, for a highly sensitive child without skills, the same behavior can be relevant here. You can see your child scream at the puppy that they wanted so, you know, so um, for so long and, and that they want to be able to show love, but only when that puppy is what sleeping, right? When the puppy looks snuggleable, which is like the last time you're supposed to, to disrupt a puppy, right? So it's really important to understand, um, for, for your highly sensitive child, where the struggle is and what they're capable of. And, um, you know, when you ask around what you should have done or what you should do now, you might receive all kinds of advice, right? You might think, oh, it's time to give the puppy back you know, um, or you might hear from, from somebody, you know, have, have relatives care for the puppy till it's out of the puppy stage. Um, you might hear that it's, it's time to swap a puppy out for, uh, for an older dog. 
Um, and this could be relevant too when we think about signing your kid up for sports. You know, I've, I've, I've recorded a show for you and training in, in, the, in that for, for sports and things like that. And, and so that, that same level of excitement and then when reality sets in, your child's unable to deal with disappointment and demonstrate flexibility or frustration or surprise. This is all relevant too. So even if you're not uh, considering buying a puppy anytime soon, you definitely want to stay in, um, stay stay tuned because the the principles of how your child handles stress and change is the same whether it's a puppy or a new grade or um, you know baseball season's coming up or you're 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 surprising them with a trip to Disney, any of that, any of that new experiences that your your highly sensitive child is having. Your child needs to be able to regulate their emotions. They need the skills to do that because when they don't have the skills, everything else around them is overwhelming. And so when we think about the personality trait and how highly sensitive children can be easily overstimulated, it's important to understand that that overstimulation leads to intense overwhelm, which then leads to meltdowns if they don't have the skill to notice the overstimulation. So the startle response can be high but a, but a highly sensitive person's startle response is higher if they don't have effective emotion regulation skills. Think about it, right? If you're always on edge because you don't have a skill to keep yourself calm, then even if you have the skill to not show that you're on edge, you're still going to have a hairpin trigger. So this is what's going on with many parents whose kids are highly sensitive and they're stuck in that meltdown cycle, but it can be really tricky to notice when you feel like your child's from going from zero to 60 on a daily basis. And especially when your child's experiencing a surprise gift, that can build resentment and frustration for you as a parent. There's no judgment here. We've seen this play out hundreds of different ways with hundreds of families that we've served. And yet it's important to understand for you how to support your child and to really get a clear picture of what your child is capable of. Your child is capable of handling challenge. Your child is capable of, of, of accepting surprises um, and, and noticing, and, and you are capable of noticing when your child should be surprised um, and when your child should be uh, should be prepared for, for changes in the family. And so I'm not saying go ahead and, and go get your kid um, a, a puppy and, and put it in a box and, and, and do a, a reveal like they do in commercials. What I'm saying is in this circumstance, uh, your child, if they're not demonstrating that they're capable and they're highly sensitive and they're four, five, six, 11, you know, 14, um, then that's a skill set deficit that you need to support your child in building. It is not a capacity component. Um, that you need to watch your child to grow out of or, um, you know, need to put your kid in a box thinking that they won't be able to, to, to do that. They're just not, simply not capable. It's really important to understand um, that, that you don't chalk up these experiences as disasters and then let your child um, and, your, and your child's lack of skill um, dictate your, your decisions or your perceptions of their capacity for for handling surprises. We hear so often, my kid doesn't handle surprises. My kid won't do surprises. My kid won't, um, you know, doesn't know how to, or we just don't surprise them. We give them heads ups. Um, but, but then that leads to the other problem, which is that your child can't handle the waiting period. Um, your child can't handle the what ifs in, included in waiting, you know, in terms of wanting to be able to predict the future. All of those problems are fear-based problems. And your highly sensitive child needs to be able to know how to manage their own fears. And, uh, and that's not something that you can just tell them to turn their worries off or that everything's gonna be fine. Not, none of those things work. 
Um, and, and so when we think about being able to regulate emotions, so the emotion regulation patterns has to come first from you. You need to be able to notice how you regulate your emotions so you can, you can model that um, and you can teach it clearly to your own child because you are the expert in your own child, but we are the experts in parenting highly sensitive kids. And so when we think about understanding the difference between how your child is showing up, you need to understand that you're not looking at your child and saying, oh, this is who you are, right? You have to look at your child from who they, for, for who they can be and you need to be able to systematically notice how you can get them there. And that's the difference between viewing your child and putting your kid in a box and labeling them personality trait and just saying, oh, you're highly sensitive. So you just should never be surprised. And then you get mad at teachers who give kid, your, your kid a pop quiz. You get mad at teachers who give your kid a pizza party. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like then, then you, you can't bubble wrap your kid. Um, you'll need to support your child in managing surprises, whether those surprises come from you or other people. And, um, and, and that's important to understand. We can't just go straight into um, a black and white perspective of, of all or nothing. Everything will, will be, um, you know, we'll, we'll either do surprises all the time and get my kid used to surprises, which also doesn't work, or we just won't do surprises at all and then you feel resentful when other people surprise your kid. So then what does work, right? If, if, if going into that all or nothing ex experience and, and swinging that pendulum doesn't work, let's cover what does, right? Um, it, it's really important that, as I mentioned before, you're the one who is leading your highly sensitive child out of this pattern because sensitive kids change their behavior through their relationship with their parents. That means you need to be able to understand your child, not from their, from their weaknesses, but, but through their strengths, be able to see what they're capable of. And then you need to be able to lead them in a playful way that doesn't just, um, just create fun in the sense that you're distracting them or trying to make them giggle out of their emotions because, um, cracking jokes isn't how we, we regulate our emotions in a way that, that actually lets us feel our feelings um, but you need to teach your children around uh, learning about emotions and learning about managing their emotions and how they experience them on a day-to-day -day basis in a playful way but that has to feel um, a lot less like uh, like a quiz or just a task to get done on a daily basis and because sensitive kids need to feel like this is just part of everyday life you, you especially if you're raising multiple children your highly sensitive child needs to know that it, it's not a them problem they're not a scapegoat or a black sheep that's the, the that perpetuates the invalidating environment that leads to the risky behaviors that, that your child is engaging in that intense behavior of meltdown um, experience that's what's stealing the dreams from your family uh, with that being said your child isn't stealing the dreams from your family uh, your child's intense behavior which is a reaction to their emotional experience that is where uh, where you need to focus. And so it's important that we work on addressing the fact that your child doesn't need to be fixed. Your child is not broken. And so the whole family needs to change the way they communicate emotions. And that requires a pretty significant heavy lifting on your part in terms of shifting the dynamic. And that's a heck of a lot harder to do when you're just targeting the problem of the week, right? You need to be able to target intense behaviors from a bigger standpoint. Um, a bigger perspective of noticing what needs to be prioritized first. Your child's major ineffective behaviors need to be ch targeted in a way that allows your child to not feel like they're a bad kid. So we have to break down shame. Highly sensitive children can't learn through shame-based parenting. Shame-based parenting keeps them stuck and shame keeps you helpless. Um, and, and so it's really important that you understand that if you feel like a bad kid, you'll continue to act like a bad kid. No person was put on this earth to be miserable. And so we know for sure that your highly sensitive child wasn't put on this earth to believe that they were a bad kid.
They need to be able to feel like they're capable and creatively solving their problems. And in order to do that, you have to teach them in a way that doesn't lecture them, uh, doesn't speak over and over and over again about the same issues, speaks instead through play and communication related to uh, to 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 pacing them in, in growing into their capacity. And so it might mean that right now your child doesn't handle surprises effectively, but it doesn't mean that they can't uh, practice how to do that and, and, and be shifted out of it. But uh, if their behaviors are focused uh, and pretty intense and in, in their startle responses related to any surprise, like dad came home early or dad came home with pizza instead of macaroni and cheese or, you know, whatever it is that, that they were expecting in their mind when nobody, you know, they didn't tell anybody, then that's still a surprise too because they had an expectation that wasn't being met. And um, whether that expectation was communicated to you or not is neither here nor there. Um, because for your child, their perception is, you don't get me, you don't understand me, and I don't know how to tell you how to understand me. So, this, you know, we're just, we're just swirling around the toilet bowl here at this point. So it's really important to understand for your child, their experience of being miserable um, is much more pervasive than just the experience during the meltdown when they're experiencing that misery. If you feel disconnected to the people who are keeping you alive, AKA your parents, that's a pretty miserable experience. And so it doesn't mean that your child is always your humdrum and, and, and you never see happiness, uh, but it is really important to understand that if your child's experiencing those meltdowns, you can't look at that happiness and say, oh, you know, they're actually fine. Um, it's it's really important to look at that intense behavior and notice this is something serious it needs to be turned around now highly sensitive kids who grow up in that that invalidating environment you might see some of that behavior change because children change as they develop um, but if the behavior is is um, you know throwing things when they're four and then it's hitting when they're six and then it's screaming when they're nine it still demonstrates that your child is stuck in the meltdown cycle just because the behavior change doesn't mean their misery internally has shifted at all. Um, so for you, it might feel like their behavior is easier, um, has quote unquote gotten better, but my invitation to you is to notice how frequently is that still happening? How long is it going on during the day? And how intense does it feel even if the behavior has shifted? Uh, and if those numbers don't seem to shift over the course of a year, two years, three years, let alone um, you know even just looking at this over a month, if your child is highly sensitive and they've experienced this intensity for that long, children live in the here and now. They live now. They feel now and they make decisions based on now. And so they, they know right now they feel miserable. And, um, and that experience is something that they ingrain in their, their, their personality. Uh, highly sensitive children and their perception of themselves uh, can be pretty significantly impacted before the age of seven. And uh, it's really important that we that we, you know, we speak about this with you because when we think about our mission here at MTC, which is to eliminate suicidal behaviors and, and actions for the entire highly sensitive population, it's important that we address catching this early. As a parent of a highly sensitive child, if your child goes from zero to 60, even when good things happen to them in their life, it means that they are not being able to, and they are not demonstrating a skill consistently of regulating their emotions. That's gonna play out in negative behaviors throughout their childhood, but also through adolescence and adulthood. And, um, and that's just simply something that we've seen over the course of our careers for the last 10 plus years, uh, but also the research for the last 100 plus years um, focused on highly sensitive people in the last Six, 1960, the last 80 plus years um, related to related to highly sensitive people with extreme behaviors. So um, thanks for taking my minute with me as I did some mental math. <laughs> and
And uh, as a result, you know, we just mentioned what works next. The, the next thing you need to be able to do is work with a professional. Highly sensitive children uh, require a specialized approach in parenting and traditional parenting and run-of-the-mill positive parenting um, just simply does not fit the bill. So I encourage you to book a call with our team. We have a conversation on, on that call. Um, about where you're stuck, where you've been stuck, you know, what you're struggling with and what you've been struggling with. And uh, whether that's changed is, is uh, something for us to, to cover. Um, but then also where you've been trying to go. You might have been trying to, to live a, a life where your child feels like they can um, surf waves of intensity in, in, in life at, at varying levels and, and stay on the board. And if your child hasn't been able to do that and they're eight now, they're nine now, they're 11 now, or maybe they're even six and you've noticed that this has been a problem for the last three years, uh, it's important that you understand that's not going to go away with maturity. Um, and, and you can certainly reach out to us if you'd like to hear more about that because I've made several um, shows uh, about that in, in different different avenues. We're happy to, to uh, myself, my team, happy to support you in finding those resources. So you can hear more about that in a, from a different, uh, from, on a different show. But um, it's important that we cover this, right? And, and, and so if, if, if those goals haven't been achieved and you've been at this for years, it's time to seek professional support. And if what we do is going to help you get out of that and, and into your living, living your best life ever, because we only get one, um, then then now's the time, right? Now's the time to have that conversation. And uh, you get to, you know, if, if what we do uh, works, then we'll, we'll share with you exactly how that works. You can get started right away. And um, because, you know, why wait, right? You've already been trying out, trying this for the next, uh, for the last three years. What's going to change if you wait another 60 days or another 90 days? Nothing, nothing without a system. And so when we think about being able to turn that around, um, the next thing that, that you need to be able to do is uh, observe if what we do isn't going to work, uh, what your plan is. So we would walk through through that as well. If what we do isn't, isn't going to help you move in the right direction, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll absolutely outline uh, what you need to do next as a family, uh, whether that means work with another professional or keep on keeping on on your pattern or whatever it is. Um, we'll share that with you. So the conversation for us is um, is enjoyable. We're happy to do it and it's free for you. So um, but it has the power to change your life. So I encourage you to go ahead and book that call. Uh, head over to MeganThompsonCoaching.com backslash talk. Or if you're parenting a teen, uh, high school age and up, go to MeganThompsonCoaching.com backslash teen talk and we'll cover all of what you need to address with your teen as well. All right. Uh, it was, again, a pleasure to speak with you and, and we look forward to talking to you on the next show. Bye now. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, 
head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.